Proverbs chapter 3 and verse number 5. It says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. If you skip back in your Bible, amen, a number of pages to the book of Job. Job chapter 13 and verse number 15. Job chapter 13 and verse number 15. And it says, these are the words of Job. Amen. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. But I will maintain mine own ways before him. Verse 15 is that famous phrase of the man named Job. Though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Amen. God bless you. You can't be seated. Hallelujah. I trust that the Lord will help us tonight. Amen. I pray that you'd open your hearts. Amen. To receive something tonight from the Lord. Uh, My title tonight, amen, is The Cure for Worry. The Cure for Worry. The Cure for Worry. Amen. We read in Psalms chapter 3, verse number 5, it says to trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways. Acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. Amen. One study Bible says it like this. By wholeheartedly trusting in God instead of human intelligence. And then acknowledging him in all of your ways. That divine direction would be the end result. When you are facing situations that you might be worrying about or fearful about. If you will trust in the Lord with all of your heart and not lean unto your own understanding or instead of your own human intelligence, acknowledge God in all of your ways, then divine direction is the result because the Bible says He shall direct thy paths. In other words, when you don't know what to do, when you're faced with a man at crossroads, if you will, If you're faced with big decisions, that is not the time, amen, to uh, give way to human intelligence and human understanding and human reasoning and ask 15 of your friends what they think you ought to do. But that is the time to say, I will trust in the Lord. I will lead not into my own understanding, but in all of my ways acknowledge Him. Job 13 and 15, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Trust is exercised when one knows very little, or as here in Job's case, nothing at all. That is when trust is exercised. When you don't know the end, amen, from the beginning. When you don't know how the story plays out and how this chapter of your life ends. That is where trust is involved and trust is exercised. Hallelujah. J.T. Payne, a pastor from Georgia, passed from this 
uh, live to the next on October the 7th, 1987 from the effects of cancer. That horrible disease. His wife, Sister Payne, in her grieving, was sifting through her late husband's Bible for some comforting uh, words or scriptures when she came across the following note in his Bible that he had written shortly before he passed. And it said it like this, Trust is a dimension beyond faith. Faith will see miracles, but trust will carry you when you can't understand why faith didn't work in your behalf. Not always can faith deliver you from the den of lions, but it's trust that will be able to keep you when you're in a man, a place and feel like you're being devoured. He continued to write, not only will faith deliver you from the valley of the shadow of death, but trust will carry you when you go through the valley of the shadow of death. Trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. The cure for worry is what I'm talking about tonight. And it is, amen, uh, that element of trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. Trust has several, the word trust has several definitions in the Hebrew and Greek in the original languages of the Bible. One of which is to confide in or to have hope in, to make refuge in. Hallelujah. To trust is to be patient. Amen. To trust is to hope. To trust is to tarry or to wait or to stay. To trust is, amen, to find shelter in, hallelujah, in the fact that the God that I serve is a good God, is a faithful God, is a sovereign God, is a just God. And when I don't see things turning around in the time frame that I want to see them turning around, when I don't see things happening the way that I think they ought to happen, and when things don't happen to my liking and to my desires, I will trust in the Lord. Someone shall praise the Lord. Trust, amen, in the Webster Dictionary is a confidence. It is a reliance or a resting of the mind. Listen to me now. To trust is to the rest of the mind on the integrity or the veracity, the friendship or another person or thing. Amen. But it is a resting of the mind. In other words, to have trust in your life is to have a sedative for your soul. Amen. A sedative is such a medicine that it causes the brain activity to slow down. It causes a slowing down or a relaxing of the mind. And trust is a sedative for the soul. When your mind is going a million miles an hour and you're wondering how this is going to end and what's going to happen here and what's going to happen there. When you choose to live by trusting in God with all of your heart. Amen. It is a sedative, a relaxing, a slowing down for your soul. And it is rest for the weary. It's rest for the weary tonight. Trust is not an inherent characteristic or trait of human beings. It's not inherent for you and I to trust. In fact, if I meet you for the first time, you'll probably not trust me. If you meet someone for the first time, you probably don't trust them. Someone walks in off the street, 
sits next to you in your nice coach purse and your your pretty wallet's showing, you might grab your purse a little closer, zip it up, put it on the other side. You don't know the person. Now, if we didn't know it, but it was actually your, your dad and you had a good relationship with him and you trusted him, you'd probably leave it there because you understand the type of person that he is. But trust is not inherent quality within humanity. We naturally will distrust because we don't know who this person is. And we've seen many things in the news and we've seen people that look, uh, everything looks good on the outside, but inside they're, they're taking advantage of little children. They're stealing, they're siphoning money. They're involved. And so we, we see these things that we just naturally, I'm going to just kind of be, play it safe. I'm not going to trust yet because I don't know the person's characteristics or their their character, their integrity. But as time goes on and you see a pattern of behavior with the individual that maybe would sit next to your purse with the valuables inside and, and you see, you know what, that person is such, such an honest person. Man, I could leave a, a stack of $100 bills on the table and he wouldn't touch it. In fact, he'd probably tell everybody to back up. Amen. And you, you, with, with time, you learn to trust in that person's uh, character and their integrity. And, and trust... Amen has the same uh, carryovers, if you will, as it relates to the things of God. Amen. As you go forward living for God, and as you as you spend years in God's presence, and you spend time in the house of God, and you learn to see how that God has made a way for for you and for your family, for your kids, for the last many decades. Amen. And then maybe you're facing a, a job loss uh, and that affects your economic situation. Or maybe you're dealing with the health scare in your body and it affects your, your situation in life. Amen. If you've got a history with the Lord, you learn that I can trust in God. God will make a way for me. He's never failed me. He's never let me down. What I'm telling you tonight is to reflect on the character. Reflect on the goodness of God. Reflect on the integrity of God. Don't look so much on the man, but look at God. Amen. God will never let you down. Amen. Man may fail you. Your brothers and sisters may fail you. But God will never fail you. Hallelujah. God will never fail you. And since Adam and Eve's fall in the garden, which subsequently plunged us into the abyss of sin, people inherently distrust. And nothing creates distrust quicker than deceit. Amen. Maybe everybody comes in and they got an equal, uh, pla- an equal footing in, in your eyes. And you know what? I'm not going to think bad about them. I'm not going to think good about them. I'm just going to kind of be equal with them. Amen. And maybe that's uh, the way that you do it, and that's fine. Amen. But when you begin to see deceit in that person's character, it creates distrust. Now I see something, amen, in there. Uh, when nobody was looking, I saw it, and I saw how they responded. And now I, I, there's distrust that's developed. Hallelujah. And Satan's very first tactic and ploy was to get Eve to not trust in God. Because the question that was proposed to Eve in the Garden of Eden was, Half God said? Did God say that? Or did you hear it differently from what God said? Trying to create distrust. Because if I can distrust Him, I'll see Him in a different light. 
that maybe God's trying to cheat me out of something that's rightfully mine. Hath God said, did God say that or is that just him? Is that just you? Listening to Satan and the lies that he tells you will always create a blatant distrust towards everything and everybody. The more that you open your heart and your ears to the voice of Satan, the voice of doubt, the voice of confusion, amen, it creates a distrust in your life towards not just the things of God, but towards everything and towards everybody because the enemy of your soul, Satan, is the accuser of the brethren. The devil has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And when you open your heart and you open your ears to hearing the voice of doubt, amen, the voice of Satan, the voice of the world, it always creates a blatant distrust towards the things of God and everything else in your world. That's why, to echo the words again, Get to the church and pray. Get to the church and pray. Because there's a lot of voices in this world. And if you and I can get to church and pray and say, God, I need clarity for my mind. I'm hearing lots of different people with lots of different opinions. But there's one thing that matters more than anything else is it's me hearing directly from the Lord. Because that is direction. Amen. When you trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And you lean not into your own understanding. But in all of your ways acknowledge Him. Then He shall direct your paths. You want divine direction. Trust in God. There's three major ways through which we acquire trust in God. The Bible says that God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. It's the ability to believe, but it's not so with trust. You don't immediately trust God, just like you wouldn't immediately trust a stranger off the street with your children. But the three major ways that you acquire trust is, number one, through the Word of God. By, let's say you don't have, you'll never gain the years of the experience of living for God that Sister Camarina does. But you want God to help you to live an overcoming life like Sister Camarina. Hallelujah. The one, one of the first ways that you'll begin to live an overcoming life and learn to trust in the Lord is to get this book out. Amen. Out of the cupboard. Dust it off. Amen. Open the pages of this book and begin to read the Bible by studying the track record of somebody or something. Amen. It can become a basis for our decision to trust in the Lord. You say, well, I'm new to the Lord, but if you'll begin to read the Bible and you'll begin to start maybe in the Old Testament or the New Testament, wherever the Lord leads you, and you begin to read stories of how that Jesus fed the 5,000. You read stories of how that Jesus told the disciples, look in the fish's mouth. There's gold coins in there for you to pay your taxes, for you to pay your bills. Amen. Look in the stories of life when, when God, amen, walked on the waters and told Peter to get out the boat. Look at the stories in your Bible of how that Jesus 
rose Lazarus from the dead. And after beginning to read story after story of your Bible, you'll begin to understand, amen, the character of God and the nature of God. How that there is nothing that is too hard for God. Amen. There's no sickness that's too, amen, that's too serious that God cannot heal. There's no situation in life that God can't work to bring about a miracle. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You read stories in the Bible, it'll help you to develop a trust in the Lord. As it relates to the story of Lazarus, the Bible says that Lazarus was sick, and Mary and Martha, they sent word to Jesus, Lazarus, thy brother, is sick. Come right away and pray for him. Because if you'll pray for him, we believe that God will heal him. What did Jesus do? He said, I'm going to take a couple extra days on my vacation. Not really vacation, but I'm going to take a couple extra days. Valuable time. Maybe Mary and Martha said to Gina, thought, well, that was rude. Hey, I really needed something from the Lord. I needed it two days ago. Not today. But here Jesus walks and shows up onto the scene. And Lazarus is dead. And, and the Lord weeps. But the Lord has a plan in mind. He wants to prove to everybody there that I am not just the life, but I'm the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. I have the ability to heal the sick. And I have the ability to raise the dead. So whatever situation you find yourself in. He is still God. He is still able. He can heal the sick. He can raise the dead. He can, he can feed the 5,000 with a couple loaves and fishes. Amen. He can do that over and over again. He can, he can do anything. There's nothing that's too hard for Him. Amen. The, the storms don't scare Him. The, the winds and the waves, amen, the 60-foot waves that rock the ship and make that big, large ship seem like a toy boat in the water. Hallelujah. That storm doesn't scare him. In fact, in one particular story of the Bible, he was sleeping at the, at the bottom of the boat, amen, as the storm was rocking the boat. But Jesus wasn't concerned because he had all power in heaven and in earth. And so no matter what storm is rocking your life, as long as God is right smack in the middle of your life, honey, you've got nothing to worry about because God is in control. God is in control. And God is faithful. He will make a way when there seems to be no way. But as you study the Bible and you see the stories of the Bible, You'll begin to learn to, you'll begin to, to trust the Lord and to find that cure for worry in your life. The second major way of acquiring trust is, of course, as we mentioned a moment ago, personal experience. After 40 years of leading Israel, David knew whom he had, whom he could unquestionably, unquestionably trust. David had been betrayed by his own son, his own flesh and blood. 
He had been betrayed by his trusted counselors. He had been betrayed by his friends. But 2 Samuel 22 and 2 through 3, he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock, in Him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my Savior. This song of thanksgiving in 2 Samuel 22 verses 2 and 3, amen, was recorded here. Uh, It was composed near the end of David's life. After that the Lord had delivered him from his many enemies. After that God had established his rule over Israel and had promised redemption through his seed. Hallelujah. It was through the process of time, as years have transpired, David saw God's been faithful. God's made a way. God's taken care of me. Amen. You need to develop a trust in the Lord that God was going to see him through. The third way is by receiving instruction. Amen. By receiving instruction as you come to the house of the Lord here. Amen. Preaching and teaching, it will build a level of confidence in your heart towards the God of heaven. But on the contrary to trust is that thing that's called distrust. Stay with me for a few more moments tonight. Distrust. Distrust. Everyone shout distrust. Distrust. Distrust is one of the most miserable, defeating, debasing spirits we can allow to live in our mind and heart. You talk about a miserable life. Someone that cannot trust anybody. Someone that there's still distrust and they've they've lost faith. They've lost trust in, in, in their fellow man and God. Amen. Suspicion, fear, seclusion, and cynicism are symptoms of those who... Amen. Are completely filled with distrust. I don't trust the pastor and I don't trust my brother. I don't trust my sister and I don't trust my dad. I don't trust my mother and my father. I don't trust my neighbor. I don't trust anybody. It's a life of cynicism. It's a life, amen, that is a miserable life. But you find somebody you can trust. You find a God in heaven. You say, you know what? I've been... Let down by ministry in the past. I've been let down by people in the church. You have got to get to a place in your walk with the Lord. Where you say, I'm living for God. Not for anybody else. And if I see my brother fall or they fail me or in a, in a moment of weakness, I hear them say something that they should never have said or do something they shouldn't have done. Amen. I'm in love with him. I'm trusting in Him. I'm trusting in Him for my salvation, not you for my salvation. Hallelujah. I'm going to trust in the Lord. It is impossible to have faith in God without trusting in God completely. Amen. How is that true, preacher? Amen. To uh, to have faith in God and, and without trusting in God. Amen. It's it's it is possible to have faith in God without trusting in God completely. However, it is impossible to trust in God without first having faith in him. Therefore, faith is a preliminary step in trusting God. Hallelujah. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Trust is a step beyond and a dimension deeper than faith. Many can believe who cannot trust. 
Therefore, when their faith does not produce the desired results, they begin to despair. Hallelujah. Maybe you're dealing with something and, and you thought that God would have healed your body already. Maybe you're dealing with something and you thought that God would have, would have done something about your situation a long time ago. And you're still dealing with situations in life. Hallelujah. That is where trust begins to go deeper than faith in your life. And trust begins to help you to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Hallelujah. Trust will stabilize you and it will secure your confidence in the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Faith and trust are powerful allies when combined. Amen. Trust will sustain you in what faith does not deliver you from. Trust will sustain you in what faith does not deliver you from. What I'm talking about tonight is one of the primary reasons why the people of God can always have a smile on their face and can walk through hell and have a smile and keep praising God. This is the reason why you can see someone going through all of hell here on earth on their deathbed, still cracking jokes, smiling, because they have a trust in God. I've experienced Him enough in my life to know that He's going to take care of me. And He'll either heal me from this sickness, or He'll, in this life, or He'll heal me from the sickness in the next life. Either He'll heal me from the sickness, He'll raise me from the dead, or I'll just go to be with the Lord. Either he'll make a way for me to get another job and he'll provide for me or he'll help me to, 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 have to get some expenses cut from my life and I'll be able to, to get along for a while. Amen. Either he'll help me with this uh, request or he'll help me a different way. But I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to make a way. Uh, God's going to make a way for me when there seems to be no way. It was trust. In God, that through the years of my life and the times in my life when I did not have a job, it was trust that helped me to get down, amen, to the altar and put some offering in the offering plate. You say, well, man, you ain't got a job. Aren't you worried about your future? No, I know that God will make a way for me. I know that God will see me through. Somehow, some way or another, he'll take care of me. Hallelujah, everything could be looking contrary. Amen, everything could be coming against me. But I'm going to be faithful to him because I trust him. I trust him. I trust him. Trust will keep you from becoming bitter when your requests are not answered. Trust will keep you from becoming bitter when your prayers are not answered. We have prayer requests on the board here to your left. I make it a point every service, every time you're here, to go pray by that prayer board and pray for those prayer requests. I haven't seen all those prayers answered. But it does not cause me to be bitter towards the Lord. It causes me to pray a little harder, to pray a little differently, ask the Lord to direct my prayers. And I know that God is a sovereign God. 
There's requests on the board over there for people's salvation. There's requests for people's healing. There's requests for people's change in their situations. We'll keep praying for those requests. And we'll trust that God is in control. And he has a reason for everything. A few years ago, we were called to pastor. I've shared this before. We were living in the city of Fremont. And we, we were just taking the church here to pastor here in Lathrop. And it was, it's a drive, as you know. I felt like God wanted me to sell my house in Fremont. And move over here. Just I would think I would commute. That was the plan. To my job in uh, uh, Walnut Creek. Be a drive, but I was willing to make the sacrifice. I sold my house, and very, very shortly after, I got called into a meeting with HR at my job. I said, Thank you for your services, but we need to make a few cuts around here, recoup some costs. And so, this is goodbye. I said, <laughs> Okay. Uh, here I am, homeless, with no job. And I'm called to pastor. In those next several months of my life, I, I really wondered what was happening. God, I don't understand. You call me here. I got no home. I got no job. I have a wife. We got bills. What's happening? Later on, I would understand what God was doing. Amen. How that God was giving me the opportunity, amen, to dedicate 100% of my time for the first three months of pastoring to this church. My job gave, gave me severance pay. So I was getting full pay, but I was home. I was here in Lathrop and I lived, I lived as a 30-year-old moved back with my parents. But God was in charge. God was in control. And wouldn't you know after those few months of severance ended, one more month passed, I, I was able to get another side job. And then I got back with my old company, but closer to home. And I was able to buy a house. In the moment, it didn't make sense what was happening. But I said, I know that when I get a little bit further down the road, I know that I'll be able to look back and say, oh, that's what God was doing. But in the meantime, I'm going to trust in him. And I'm going to say, God, I'm living my life on purpose. I'm following your example, your direction, your leading. In all of my ways, I'm acknowledging you, God. I'm not going to leave it to my own understanding, but I'm going to trust in God. And that trusting in the Lord was divine direction for my life. Hallelujah. In those moments when I did not know what was happening, but I said, I'm going to choose to trust in the Lord. I'm going to choose to trust in the Lord. I'm going to keep it, being faithful and giving my tithes, giving my offerings, praying, reading my Bible, going to church. I'm not going to let adverse situations stop me. I'm going to trust in God. I'm not going to become bitter. Let me hurry along. Faith expects things 
but trust accepts things. Faith produces change. Trust submits to God's sovereignty. Faith rushes, amen, while trust waits. Faith is believing, but trust is knowing, hallelujah, that God is in control. Amen. Bible stories we we read about, uh, amen, in Sunday school, Daniel in the lion's den. He had to trust in the Lord. We preached this last Sunday about the three Hebrew boys, amen, facing the fiery furnace. They had to trust in the Lord that God's going to see us through one way or another. Hallelujah. James in the Bible, the, the God in the in the New Testament, uh, James was beheaded, but Peter kept on preaching. He just kept going forward. Paul suffered many calamities. You can read about it in your Bible, but he kept reaching toward the prize. And so no matter what happened in their lives, they learned to trust in the Lord. And it was the cure for every bit of worry that would try to attach itself to them the tell to their lives it was the cure for worry was to trust in the Lord would you stand with me tonight as the music plays softly trust is the powerful sedative for the soul it enables a confident walk with God regardless of what happens trust is not affected by the outcome of the situation trust is unaffected by the environment Trust requires no insight and it thrives in crises. Trust demands no signs and no wonders and no miracles. But quiet, silent and unseen fortress of the soul. Trust has no limitations or demands. And trust is not predicated on results. Trust is the treatment or the cure for worry. It is a cure for despair. It is a remedy for fear. And it is a balm, the healing balm for anxiety. And it is the healer for all of life's problems to trust in the Lord. I close with this tonight. Amen. From her childhood, the call to missionary service was the guiding motivation for Louisa Stead, who lived from 1850 to 1917. She was born in Dover, England and converted at the age of nine. Amen. Louisa came to the United States in 1871, living in Cincinnati, Ohio. She attended a camp meeting in Urbana, Ohio, where she dedicated her life to missionary service. Ill health prevented Louisa from serving initially in the mission field, but she would go on to marry in 1875. And Louisa and her husband would go on to have a beautiful daughter. Amen. Her name they called Lily. Uh, the, the, the story says that when the child Lily was four years of age, the family decided one day to enjoy the sunny beach at Long Island, New York. And while eating their picnic lunch on that, that beautiful day, they suddenly heard cries of help and spotted a drowning boy in the sea. Mr. Stead charged into the water. As often happens, however, the struggling boy pulled his rescuer underwater with him and both drowned before the terrified eyes of the wife, Louisa, and her daughter, Lily. Out of her why, amen, out of her struggle with God during the ensuing days, Amen of the of her life there glowed these meaningful words from the soul of Louisa Stead. 
Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I proved him over and over. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. She would go on to write, I'm so glad I learned to trust him. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that he is with me, will be with me till the end. How is it that Louisa could write, could pin the words to this famous hymn unless she had a relationship with God? He said, no matter what happens in my life, it's so sweet to trust Him. It's so sweet to trust Him. How I've proved Him over and over again and all for grace to trust Him more. Would you lift your hands with me and would you close your eyes in this place? If you're watching at home tonight or wherever you're at, would you take a few moments? Would you close your eyes and would you lift up your hands to heaven as high as you can? And would you begin to open up your mouth and would you just take a moment and talk out loud to your Lord and Savior? Would you tell Him, God, I thank you for this word that has been declared in my heart and in my ears today. I pray, God, you would help me to trust in you more than ever before. As I go through this year of 2021, as pressure begins to intensify, help me to get to church and pray. Help me to read my Bible. Help me to have experience after experience after experience with the Lord and to keep going. Help me to receive instruction. Help me to open my heart to preach you. To open my heart to teach you. Help me to turn off my ears. Amen. To the naysayers. To the doubters. To the unbelievers. And help me to trust in the Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch this church tonight under the sound of my voice. Let them receive, God, from you. God, this element, this component that is so vital to their success in living for God. May they develop trust in you, God. May they develop trust in you. God, I will not fear what man can do unto me. What time I'm afraid, I will trust in the Lord. Hallelujah. When my mother and father forsake me, the Lord takes me up. God always makes a way. He always makes a way. He always makes a way for me. I rebuke fear. I rebuke doubt tonight. I rebuke confusion. I pray, God, you would touch every mind. Touch every heart, Lord, under the sound of my voice tonight. In the name of Jesus. God, may this people draw ever closer to you. May they walk with you, Lord, like never before. God, may they develop, God, a relationship with you that will stand the test of time. 
think that's too hard for the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah.